Hello, I'm Elizabeth, an obsessive backyard gardener who might be able to offer you a couple of tips. And I'm Keith, a landscape consultant, and I'm also passionate about gardening. The one thing we both have in common is muddy muddy boots. boots. Keith, you and I live on the same street, about 10 houses apart. Now, I think you'll agree that it's, you know, a nice enough street, but just imagine how much more attractive it would look if we all paid some attention to that often neglected strip of land between the road and our properties, the nature strip. Mm -hmm. I'm picturing a street where the nature strips are planted in a variety of styles and colours, each as different as the people who designed and planted them. An organic form of street art. And the birds and the bees would be in ecstasy. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I think it's a great idea. <laughs> and I was first introduced to this concept years ago when I was working at the Sydney Botanic Gardens during a festival. Yeah. And, of course, the guy that I was work- working with was the host of ABC Gardening, the guru, Costa Georgiadis. Oh, oh, of course. Yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, and he, this was a real passion for him because uh, the area that, that he lived in, um, there, there wasn't a lot of space to be, you know, be growing vegetables and things, so he turned his nature strip into an edible garden. Well, that's why and, it's such a great idea because oh, oh, those people fantastic. living closer to cities don't have a lot of land, so they've got this bit of land just sitting there. Why waste that bit of that useful piece of land? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know, so Costa actually... Had had uh, lots of the, the early shows of um, the ABC Gardening, where um, these verges were actually converted to vegetable patches. You know, so it was it became a little bit of a theme, a which was theme, terrific. Yeah. Because there are, there are just so many benefits of turning the nature strip into a garden. Because mm-hmm. it would you know it would help to filter traffic pollution in the city to a degree. It would create it creates shade, soaks up rain, which would re- reduce water runoff, provide food and shelter for birds and insects promote health and well-being and help to bring, especially in Costa's, what Costa was doing, help bring the community get together. Yep. So, and and everyone, everyone could then experience um, beautifully you know, grown organic vegetables, um, you know, the herbs, all these sorts of things. They can just go out there and, and, and harvest themselves, you know, as long as they weren't too greedy. You know, I, don't, I don't see a problem greedy, with any of that. Greedy, greedy. yes, yeah, take it all. Greedy. Well, I can just imagine you growing a vegetable garden on your nature strip. The whole street would be lining up to fill their bags with your delicious <laughs> vegetables. Yeah, well, I get enough work to do with the vegetables in the backyard without no, having no, to no, add no, to no, it no, in the no, nature no, no. strip. <laughs> well, now, apparently nature strips were originally created as reserves for sheep and cattle to graze on as they were herded off to city markets. That's right. The poor things. That's no good. That, well, at least they're having a bit of fun along the way, I guess. Nature strips aren't used, obviously, for that purpose no. anymore, so I think we need to get planting. Exactly. Well, that, that was where you probably heard the term the long paddock and that was mm. where the where the farmers during you know during drought or whatever else mm. would graze their sheep and cattle along the sides of the roads yeah. where uh, there were where there, there, there was an abundance of food for them you know yes exactly yeah so Help, helping the owners as yeah, well yeah so that's 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 where the whole thing originated from you know was, yeah. was doing this sort of thing yeah um and i think you know it's there's there's better time can be spent in that sort of an environment, growing that sort of environment rather than cutting grass. Exactly. You know? Exactly. Um, and, you know, we can, we can grow all sorts of things in there. We d- it doesn't have to be food. It can be herbs. It can be trees. It can it be can shrubs. It can be a native garden. Yeah. It can be a, an ornamental garden. It doesn't yeah. matter. Now, but the very first step for anyone wanting to plant out their nature strip as we know, would be to contact their local council. Exactly. Because each council has their own rules and regulations about using that strip of land because it belongs to them. Yep. 
Now, there's one council in Perth that strongly encourages residents to take pride in their nature strips, they say, to enhance the aesthetic value of their properties in the street. That just makes complete sense. It does, yep. So low-growing water-wise gardens are, by this council are allowed without any permit applications. And at one point, the council was even offering $500 grants to residents to support replanting of nature strips. Other councils, on the other hand, are not quite as encouraging and can make the application process quite difficult. So it's very important to make that call. You've got to do it. You've got to do it. Absolutely. Mm. Now, where we are, we're in the Mornings Peninsula Shire. Yes. And we can grow fruit and vegetables on our nature strip without a worry in the world. Oh, can we? Yes, we can. You now, the, the, the Shire well, passed a go. new Come private on. works on nature strips and road reserves policy, which allows residents to grow any produce on any nature strip. Well, then why, I don't know why it's not happening. Um, People are, haven't got time. That's the problem. Time. It's time. a time issue. But there are so many benefits to it anyway. Yes. Yeah. Well, the council officer said that you know the produce may be expected to be shared by the community if necessary. Obviously. Um, the council will grant an approval for any works on nature strips, but the officers stress the applications must keep within the neighbourhood character of each area. Okay. That's also quite important. Yes, that's true. So that means no artificial turf, metal stakes, rocks, <laughs> pebbles, yes. greater than seven mil. Yeah. Um, because, I mean, it, it, it makes sort of sense. And they, they don't allow you to put bluestone pitches, railway sleepers or retaining walls on these reserves, um, which is bad bad news for, for raised beds. Yeah, that's true. And the problem with all of this is that, some, some, sadly, really, some residents may find a reason to complain about the nature strip gardening. So making sure to comply to any of these rules should hopefully help to avoid any neighbourhood issues. Yeah, um, and, 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 there, and there's some very, very good reasons for that. You know, you, you've got to ensure that there's a good sight line for motorists because they're coming yes. in and coming yes. out of, out of their, their driveways. Yep. Um, you know, and you're going to make sure that the pedestrians always always looked after, Yes. Um, particularly on corner blocks and at intersections, mm-hmm. um, that you've got a, a, an adequate space for your rubbish bins and recycling yes. bins, yep. uh, collection for mail and newspapers and other deliveries. Yes. Um, and then the other thing is that they, they require that you provide sufficient clearance, which is one and a half metres, to allow for pedestrian access. To get through, exactly. Yep. So you can actually get onto, your, onto your, all your local councils uh, and have a look on their, their websites. Yes. This is one of the best ways of, of seeing what, what, um, you know, what's, what you can and what you can't do and how you go about it. Exactly. Another thing they don't, they don't want you to do is, is to plant spiky, prickly or poisonous plants in your nature strip as well because that's obviously a bad a no. Well, that would be a pretty silly thing to do anyway. Yeah, but some people, unfortunately, <laughs> because I do work in a council, some people tend to do things to uh, perhaps upset yeah, their neighbours, yeah, which well, I find very unsaid. I think you, you brought that to the council's attention. They'd have that whipped out in no time they flat. Would, definitely. And, yeah, so... It's important to keep the neighbours on side because councils really act without complaints and you could start a trend. I think so, it's a great idea. Yeah, absolutely. So with that in mind, what plant suggestions, Keith, What well, now that we're planning our design, if we were doing this, what plant suggestions would you have firstly for a native nature strip garden? Um, what I would be looking at in, in, a, in that sort of a situation would be using a lot of the new hybrid type um, native plants so and the reason for that is you, you, we're talking about sight lines we don't want to be you know putting up a tree that's or a shrub that's going to totally block off the nature strip so you can't see someone backing out or yeah. you know whatever else like that yeah. so you've got lots and lots of fabulous opportunities to to you know plant out these the nature strips with the new varieties of hybrid plants so one that is absolutely magnificent is a range of dwarf banksias. So there's one oh, yeah. called cherry candles, birthday candles. Yes. So these are all low-growing 
um, you know, Banksias. Mm-hmm. And then if you want to want to add kangaroo paws now, they're here in Victoria today we've got a hybridised kangaroo paws that they've bred out of all the all the the, the the bad problems that we had, which was sooty mould and all that sort of mm, stuff. Mm. So we've now got a magnificent range of colours of, of, of um, um, kangaroo paws, which the birds just absolutely mm-hmm. adore. Mm. You know, they love them. Mm. And then, of course, you've got dwarf uh, westringers. Yes. Um, if you want to put a bit of silver in to highlight maybe the corner of your, your nature strip where your driveway goes, mm. you would put a silver plant in something like um, there's one called Leucophyta brown eye. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, silver nugget, which is only a dwarf mounding little plant, and the beauty about the silver foliage is that it lights up at night. You know, oh, so it highlights yes, you know the, the edge of the the drive as you're coming in. Yeah, and the silver looks would look lovely against the uh, the, the um, birthday candles they do, as well. Yeah, which have got absolutely, the, gold the, the dark green. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now it's also be impo- It's also a good idea to to look for plants that are indigenous to your local area because they're not obviously going to grow quite well. They, they will be grow without strong, without having they? to go out there and you know water them, water them, and we all the rest of it. Be doing that. And that's and that's where these these, these new hybrids have come into it. So there's a, a plant that the council uses an awful lot around the place, uh, and, and it's called Lamandra longifolia, uh, otherwise known as the spiny-headed mat rush, and it has a, a spiny-headed mat rush that comes out that is very oh. very prickly. Oh, oh, well, mm-hmm. um, not a not a nice plant, you know, to, no. to sort of you know. Touch or whatever else. Yes. Yeah, it's not very nice to touch. That's that but they've hybridised that and, and they've oh. come up with some fabulous ranges. And there's one called um, Lamandra confertifolia. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just a magnificent, soft, smaller leaf and it doesn't produce that spiny Spike. head. Yeah. Okay, that's good. And then there's a huge range of other lovely little tufted plants that, are, that bring, that bring colour. Mm. Um, there's Dianellas, for instance, mm-hmm. um, which we have a, a native version around here called Revoluta. Um, well, they've got now uh, Dianella uh, Casa Blue, Dianella Blaze. So there's lots and lots of these beautiful little hybridised um, natives that will provide colour and interest to these, these areas. What a beautiful native nature strip we would have. And imagine all the local wildlife that that would attract as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. I mean, Brilliant. gosh. Oh, and and, and, and it gives a lot of the other little animals places to, 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 come, and, you know, to come and live in. Mm. I mean, you, you're, you're attracting things like you know, blue-tongued lizards yeah. and skinks because that, yeah. that's, their, that's their environment. Yeah. Uh, and and, and, and you can put in some grasses, which will bring in the, you know, the, the, the seed-feeding birds. So there's things like Poa labladeira, which is a, a beautiful um, native um, grass, mm-hmm. soft, weepy sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, another form is is a plant called Ostrostipa stipoides. Oh my goodness! Have you remember another, these names? Uh, yeah, another another <laughs> lovely grass. You know, so yes. there's lots of. That's things another you, option. A grass, just yeah, a, like a grassy, just a, a proper grass strip. verge. Yeah, 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 that would be beautiful. Now, a native garden or the grassy sort of um, star wouldn't require a great deal of irrigation or pest control, would it? No. So unlike a vegetable garden, which would require some more effort, and that's why you haven't grown yours yet, isn't it? Um, probably. <laughs> and But there would be so many benefits of doing of having a vegetable garden. So if we did do that... What sort of plants would you recommend to put on your um, nature Look, strip? You, any, any, of the, any of the you would do everything seasonally once again, and you okay. could you could make it absolutely magnificent. But the last place that I'd be recommending you doing a vegetable garden is where you've got lots and lots of passing traffic because you're going to get an awful lot of pollution yes, coming so out, out of those, those vehicles. So if you if you're in a side street and you've got hardly a any dead cars, end street. Yep, or yeah. whatever, yeah. that's a great opportunity. Yeah. So you could plant that out with you know you you would, you would need to get rid of the the original you know. 
the, the existing grass, yes. poison that off, yes. and then you'd rotary hoe it and you'd put lots of compost and goodness back into that soil because it then it is going to become part of your, your food regime mm-hmm. and your neighbours. Mm. But you could grow, you know, beautiful coloured uh, vegetables in there, yeah. like something like red drumhead cab- cabbage, which yes. looks magnificent. Yeah. Um, Romanesco broccoli, mm-hmm. um, purple broccoli, green sprouting broccoli. You know, there's there's just so many wonderful coloured plants. You could even put in, you know, different things like beetroot and carrots. Mm. You know, the the original carrots. You know, mm. which is the purple purple dragon. Mm. Uh, magnificent. Put your purple and your white asparagus. Oh, you can't put your white asparagus in because purple because it has to be under the ground yeah, oh, and in a dark right. spot. Yeah. I'm imagining a, like a unit block, a unit, you know, a, a, some, maybe sort of an older um, residential area. Yeah. You know, that they're putting because perhaps a bit more time. Yeah, you might I mean, put a nice nature strip vegetable garden in. That would be lovely. Yeah, anyway, well, you know, we'll the, most of these, most of the blocks around here now, not where we are because mm. you can't do it. But no. I've noticed further, further over, you know, over the way on walks that, you know, they're they're, they're knocking down a um, a single dwelling on an old quarter acre block and they're putting three to four units mm, on they it. Sure are. Um, you know, stop. so there's no there's no area there for people to grow vegetables. Exactly. So that's when they should be utilising that in. nature strip. Absolutely. Now for someone wanting to plant an ornamental style garden, what would you suggest? Um, you could do lots of things. Um, once again, you, you need to keep in mind that you've, you've got sight lines. Yes. So an ornamental garden, you'd be putting in something with trunks. With trunks? L- long trunks, yes. Okay, so then you have the foliage what above. What would look fantastic would be um, a whole range of low ground cover, covering mm, plants on mm, the bottom mm. or, you know, tufted plants um, and then having trunk trunks up okay. and then crate the foliage myrtle, up, crate myrtle example, is the one that comes to mind. Which is beautiful in autumn, yep. yes. So we get any, any colour you like. You can get yep. pinks, you can get reds, you can get whites. almost blues and whites. Yep, yep, yep you sure um, can. And they're, they're, they're such a, an easy plant to grow because that once they're, they're in there, they are drought tolerant, hardy as tough, blazes. Tough, as, tough, tough. tough. Thing, um, and of course you, can, you could grow... Um, Canopy plants along there. So if you could, you could put things like um, Melia azadarac, which is Australia's only true deciduous plant. So it it, it has flowers during the the leafless stage of, of the the growth okay. that look like blue wisteria. Wow. And then it has the the little um, beautiful little leaves that are, are alternate on it on the stems, and then. Those flowers then become berries, mm-hmm. yellow berries. So mm-hmm. when the leaves drop off again, you've got these beautiful berries, hang- these wow. yellow berries that hanging off the, the plant. Um, and they're a, they were a wonderful street tree. But okay. you know, you could even go into you know my you know least favourite, but you know most mostly grown plant, which unfortunately I don't won't use in any of my designs. Get and that's it out. the Manchurian bloody pear. because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they've been used quite a bit, haven't they? Oh, yes. to death. Well, a power pole and Telstra and electricity pits are all housed on my nature strip, which is a bit unfortunate. So planting won't be quite as easy as it would be on just about every other nature strip in the street. However, I did plant two crabapple trees several, several years ago. My husband actually remembers them being the first trees that we planted when we first moved in. So I, I continue to enjoy them, as I hope the neighbours do too, of course. Now, you are lucky to have a completely clear nature strip, Keith. So what do you think about planting that vegetable garden for us all to enjoy, which I keep asking you about? got too much work in the back. Okay. <laughs> Thank you for listening to Muddy Boots. For more information on today's podcast, please go to muddyboots.net.au and happy gardening.